Welcome to Improv for the Podcast. On tonight's episode, we're going to be talking about how improv can be used to help patients with Alzheimer's. Welcome to Improv for the Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Lee Evans. And on tonight's episode, we're going to be taking a more serious turn uh, to talk about uh, the benefits or how improv can be used to help patients with Alzheimer's. And uh, I wanted to talk about this topic tonight because one, it's both personally relatable and uh, I think just maybe an interesting development or facet of improv that a lot of people don't know about, as well as something that IFTP actually has some history in as well. Um, but before we start, there's a couple of terms I want to define uh, just to give a bit of medical background to all of this, uh, I think terms that are commonly confused or, you know, misconceived. Uh, so the two terms that I wanted to find tonight are Alzheimer's and dementia, because we often use them interchangeably. And the quick definition we're going to be reading tonight actually comes from the Mayo Clinic, uh, written by Dr. John Graf Radford. Uh, so the definition is this, and we'll go over a few examples uh, just to get a base level of understanding before we dive into the topic of this episode tonight. So uh, in reference to Alzheimer's and dementia, he said, these terms are often used interchangeably, but they actually have different meanings. Dementia is not a specific disease. It's an umbrella term that describes a wide range of symptoms. These symptoms affect people's ability to perform everyday activities on their own. Common symptoms of dementia include a decline in memory, changes in thinking skills, poor judgment and reasoning skills, decreased focus and attention, changes in language, changes in behavior. So dementia is a broader term. And it can affect a number of different things, as we heard in those examples, right? It has multiple symptoms. So let's get more specific uh, getting into Alzheimer's. So Alzheimer's disease is the most common type of dementia, but it's not the only one. There are many different types and causes of dementia, including, so right, we heard Alzheimer's is a specific type of dementia, actually the most common, but it's not the only one. Here are some other examples of types of dementia. Lewy body dementia, frontotemporal dementia, vascular dementia, limbic predominant age-related TDP43 encephalopathy, chronic traumatic encephalopathy, Parkinson's disease dementia, Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease, Huntington's disease, and mixed dementia. So while dementia is a general term, Alzheimer's disease is a specific brain disease. It is marked by symptoms of dementia that gradually get worse over time. Alzheimer's disease first affects the part of the brain associated with learning. So early symptoms often include changes in memory, thinking, and reasoning skills. As the disease progresses, symptoms become more severe and include confusion changes in behavior, and other challenges. So in tonight's episode, the form of dementia that we're going to be focusing on specifically is Alzheimer's, which of course Alzheimer's, as mentioned previously, is the most common form of dementia. All right, so now that we've established that base level of understanding, uh, let's get into this. So talking about improvisation and Alzheimer's, how do they intersect? Where do they meet? Uh, as I mentioned at the top of this episode, this is a subject that is particularly uh, personal for me, which is why I wanted to talk about it on the podcast, um, because it's something I feel as though maybe not a lot of people know about, 
it's maybe something, Alzheimer's is something you've personally been affected by, a family member, a friend, um, you know, a, many, many people have been affected by Alzheimer's and other forms of dementia. So I think it's something that's important to talk about because it's something we've all had to deal with or face at some point. Um, with that said, uh, to give context to all of this, um, my grandmother uh, was diagnosed with Alzheimer's in the mid-2010s and uh, over the time during her diagnosis and kind of as her Alzheimer's progressed, we saw a lot of changes in how these symptoms changed her over time. And uh, through all of that, uh, this was something I wanted to learn more about. And I stumbled upon an article. I think actually my mom sent it to me um, because she's always known that I, I love improv, uh, of how improv was being used to help patients with Alzheimer's. So I want to jump into a couple of examples of that uh, that I've seen, that I've read about. There's some great articles online from NPR and a number of other news sources, as well as some really interesting YouTube videos to see more of this in practice and in action. But I want to spotlight a couple of people who are doing some incredible work in this field right now. Um, so the first two folks that I want to mention are uh, a married couple named Mondi Carter and Karen Stobe. And they gave this whole medical TED Talk related to using improv to improve life with Alzheimer's. And of course, this will be linked in the show notes below because I think it's incredibly fascinating and the work they're doing is so important. And I want to preface all this talking about uh, the medical field and, and using improv to help patients with Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's does not have a cure at this time. And improv is not a cure but we're seeing improv as a way to help people cope and manage and experience a better quality of life while dealing with the symptoms of Alzheimer's. And of course, we hope that the work and the research continues going towards improving life with Alzheimer's and hopefully eventually one day finding a cure. But in the meantime, we want to celebrate the work that's happening here to help improve the lives for those who are experiencing and facing Alzheimer's right now. So jumping back to uh, Mondi Carter and Karen Stope. Uh, so they gave this medical TED Talk where they got on stage and kind of explained the basic tenets of improv, which we all know things like yes and, right? Uh, building a base reality, right? Accepting that base reality. Uh, giving gifts to your scene partner. Listening to your scene partner. Building, responding, right? Working together to accept this world around you, you know? What's happening off stage, what's happening outside of that moment doesn't matter. What matters is the now, right? Today is the day in an improv scene. And that's kind of the idea they really wanted to capture. These basic tenets of improv have a lot of merit uh, with folks who are experiencing uh, and facing Alzheimer's. Uh, so to give some examples pulled from some of their work and put into my own words... Oftentimes, patients with Alzheimer's, especially as their symptoms progress and become more severe over time, uh, the, the way they put it is that they're faced with a lot of no's. You think about it. Uh, no, you can't do that. Oh, no, you're doing that wrong. Let me help you with that. Oh, no, we can't do that right now. Come with me. No, please don't stand up. Stay in your chair. I bet if you have experience with this, there's a lot of different examples you could think of. Patients with Alzheimer's are told no all the time. In more advanced states, perhaps that person uh, is experiencing memories or thinking of things that aren't happening right now in the present, but maybe they experienced in the past or are thinking about something they, they used to love and enjoy. 
but maybe the caretaker, the family member who's with them, you know, doesn't really understand what they're talking about. Uh, some examples given in the video, uh, uh, a woman mentioned, she was like, oh, I remember when I was young, uh, I loved the Beatles, right? Uh, there's, there's no context for this. So oftentimes the caretaker or the family member may shut this person down. No, grandma, grandpa, whoever, mom, dad, uh, yeah, you don't, you don't know what you're talking about. You didn't do that. You didn't go roller skating up a mountain. You know, all these, all these different things that we might hear just because we don't understand maybe where that person is, where their thoughts are, the, the feelings and moments that they're going through in their head right now. In addition to all the other no's they might receive, right? There's, there's mental no's, there's verbal no's, there's physical no's. All these limitations are placed on folks who are, who are dealing with this every day and slowly having to deal with their symptoms becoming more and more severe. So improv provides an opportunity, albeit if it's even a brief one, to experience something other than no. The core tenet of improv is yes and, to agree. And this can appear in different ways depending on the severity of, uh, of someone's symptoms, right? Uh, if we're still in the early stages of Alzheimer's, that person is probably still able to, you know, kind of get involved in improv and just thinking of things off the top of their head, you know? agreeing and accepting gifts and taking those places. But for someone who's more far along and severe, oftentimes, um, I know from my own experience, I've seen folks who are maybe lost in their own memories or lost in their own thoughts. They are not exactly entirely aware of the now, but whatever they're thinking about is there now. And rather than shutting someone down with a no or telling them that doesn't make sense, we have the opportunity to say, Yes, you know, that, that is the case. Yes, that's true. Uh, yeah, we, we did do that. Or, you know, I remember you were friends with that person. Or, yes, you know, uh, they're coming right back from the store. And I don't see this yes ending as a form of manipulation, but a, a form of care, you know, uh, for that person to be able to experience something radically different than maybe the no's that they hear every day all the time from so many people around them. You know, it's an opportunity to hopefully maybe express themselves a little bit. Uh, So in this TED Talk, they talked about the importance of kind of going with the flow, right? Uh, When you're working with someone who has Alzheimer's, you might not always know what to expect, right? Um, And that's just a, a result of the different symptoms they're experiencing. And the same thing is true with improv. When you're on stage with someone, you don't exactly know what they're gonna say. You can't anticipate or plan for what's going to happen. You've got to go with the flow. So saying yes to someone uh, with Alzheimer's, right? It, it provides an opportunity for empathy and understanding that they often may not experience in the other parts of their day, especially someone who's maybe in a care facility who is so limited by what they can do and the access they have and the agency that they have. Hearing a yes and feeling listened to and understood can go such a long way. So in my own experience, um, and kind of tying back into this video, this, this video really resonated with me, and I really appreciated the examples um, Monty Carter and Karen Stowe spoke about in the video, right? They, they acted out some hypothetical scenarios of improv scenes and then did some improv scenes that might be a more realistic setting in a care facility or working with a patient with Alzheimer's. 
some really incredible work. And I encourage everyone who's listening to this episode right now to check out the full TED Talk. Uh, they really kind of break it down, some of the work that's been happening, some of their own experiences, and give really great examples of how this small change of just maybe yes anding a little bit, listening and responding, and helping those folks live in the now uh, can really make a huge difference. And a lot of what they talked about in this video, Mondi Carter and Karen Stobe, uh, was focused on patients who are a little more severe in their symptoms, maybe further along. Um, the second example I wanted to talk about of work that's happening with improvisation and Alzheimer's uh, is for patients who are maybe earlier in the stages of Alzheimer's and their symptoms are not as severe, early signs, uh, maybe folks who are anxious about the future, about what may change and the, and the long road ahead of them. Uh, so the second source I wanted to talk about came from an NPR art article titled uh, Improv for Alzheimer's, A Sense of Accomplishment. And this article spotlighted the work of two particular folks, uh, a woman named Mary O'Hara, who's a social worker at the Northwestern Hospital in Chicago. Uh, she works in the Alzheimer's Disease Center. And um, the folks over at the Looking Glass Theater, which is an award-winning uh, theater in Chicago with a lot of ties back to the early improv days. And with a collaboration between these two, uh, I guess, organizations, right, both the hospital and the Looking Glass Theater, uh, they had this idea to come up with an eight-week class uh, for folks who were in the early stages of Alzheimer's. And the goals of this class were to kind of help patients focus on the now. As I mentioned earlier, right, sometimes perhaps if you're someone who's experiencing Alzheimer's, you've been diagnosed, you're not far along in your symptoms yet, but you struggle to embrace that reality. You're worried about what's coming in the future. You're worried about your past. Maybe you're already having trouble sorting some of those things out. So something like improv can be so centering and help you focus on what's happening right now. And at least for a little while, bring back some joy and uh, a relaxation and maybe, you know, even a little bit of fun. Uh, losing memories and struggling to remember can be such a painful thing. So having an opportunity to have a break from those things can be incredibly helpful, right? It can give a feeling of self-confidence and it can help patients focus on learning new skills rather than think about the skills that might be changing or they might be losing. And improv in these settings right, working with patients with Alzheimer's, it can provide benefits both for the patients, but also the caretakers and family members, right? The family members and caretakers might have the opportunity to see their patient in a new light, right? Uh, I might see something they haven't seen for a long time, uh, just a, a spark of joy, a flash of their personality, right? It, it helps give a glimpse of, you know, who that person is. It's really, really a beautiful thing. Um, so with that work, they had this eight-week class, uh, Mary O'Hara, right through this program she piloted at the hospital. And in this eight-week class, oftentimes patients reported a sense of, of joy and hope after going through this class. There was definitely a benefit both in patients and their partners and their caretakers that was seen, you know, just in a bit of a spark that it gave them, right? Being able to focus on the now and have not as much worry about those other things that may be lost uh, in the future. Uh, so with that said, I, I also encourage you to check out this particular article. Uh, it will also be linked in the show notes. Really fascinating stuff just to hear about this work that's happening. Um, so the overall benefits, right, of improvisation 
uh, for folks who are experiencing Alzheimer's, right? Uh, just to kind of sum it up, because there's two examples here, both for helping folks who are further along uh, in the stages of Alzheimer's and for helping folks who are earlier in their symptoms. Uh, Summer, uh, enhanced communications, right? Uh, so improv can give an opportunity to help patients communicate, especially if they're in the early stages, it can kind of help keep their mind active and keep it going, um, you know, just to keep things fresh. And again, although this isn't meant as a cure, it can be something that helps in the moment and helps in the time and helps face what those patients are dealing with right now. And uh, improv can help patients maybe engage in meaningful conversations with loved ones or caretakers as well. Uh, it can also help in stress reduction, as we mentioned, instead of worrying about the symptoms uh, improv can create a non-judgmental environment where folks can come together and just focus on what they're doing in that room and not worry about a lot of other things, and that can help with self-confidence. Uh, it could also potentially help in memory stimulation, right? Oftentimes improv, the blessing of it is that you don't have to worry about what happened before or what's happening after class, right? You're just focusing on what's in the room, but at the same time, there are little bits of your own memory that you are pulling from, whether intentionally or not. That's just how improv works. Uh, next is social interaction, uh, particularly for folks who are in care facilities. Um, those can be tough places to be. I've had uh, experience visiting several different care facilities, and it's, it's tough because I understand the work there that's happening is so, so, so important, but also so difficult, and it's difficult to create an environment that's stimulating and comfortable and safe for so many folks dealing with different levels of severity and symptoms. So using improv as an opportunity for social interaction with the other residents of uh, memory care facilities, I think is really important. Alzheimer's can be such an isolating disease to deal with and the opportunity to connect with those living in the same place as you can be incredibly helpful and help you feel less lonely. Uh, creative expression, right? Creative expression is a beautiful thing. And uh, I know oftentimes in care facilities, there's art classes, maybe painting classes, different things like that. Um, and improv is another extension of that, right? The opportunity to be creative uh, with your mind, you know, another artistic ability is so important. And it can also help with quality of life, as we mentioned, right? Both for, both for patients, caretakers, family members, just the opportunity to open up, experience joy, right? It can be almost therapeutic in a sense. Um, another anecdote I wanted to touch on that Matt actually mentioned to me uh, before I sat down to record this episode is he mentioned that in the past, IFTP has done work with some care facilities in and around Los Angeles, and he's definitely seen the benefit of how folks uh, who are facing Alzheimer's uh, can really benefit from being able to sit down in a judgment-free zone and just have the opportunity to, you know, come up with something on the spot, whether that's passing around an, uh, an imaginary object or animal. Just those brief glimpses and moments can provide such joy and such relief um, from the everyday struggle. Yeah. And um, as I mentioned before, the personal application of my life, I mentioned my grandmother, uh, According to a study from Columbia University, one in 10 older Americans over the age of 65 have some form of dementia, not necessarily Alzheimer's, but something could be related or another form. And 
that to me is why this work is so important because so many of us might have been affected by this. And I'm not saying you have to drive down to your local memory care facility right now and, and lead an improv class. You know, there are certain folks I believe who are equipped to do that and that's their gift. But I think it's important to think about how if you know someone or you have experience working with folks with Alzheimer's or another form of dementia, how useful the skills you learn here at IFTP can be. I, I know in some of my visits with my grandmother, uh, I, I see her as often as I can. I, although she's in the more advanced stages now, I, I still try and apply some of these principles when I go and sit with her and talk and I, I, I try and listen and she is able to communicate and try and yes and and improvise. And I, I felt it's provided some moments of joy and helps me feel more connected to her too. So I think it's a, it's a really important and invaluable thing. Whew. So I know this is a, a, a different type of episode than we usually have here on Improv for the Podcast. We're usually more interview and comedy-based, but I think it's also important to acknowledge some of the therapeutic work that can happen with an improv. We've talked about improv in education and through the dozens and dozens of interviews we've had on this show, we've learned about how improv has helped people overcome so many different things. But I also think it's important to acknowledge how improv is being used right now in so many fields to really help people dealing with some serious and tragic things. Um, like this example, I, I've been fortunate to see improv's impact with folks facing Alzheimer's and I've been able to apply some of it in my own life as well. And that just leads me to something that I always truly deeply believe. I mean, as we know, if you listen to this podcast, you're probably a fan of improv and you like me think improv is an incredible art form because the range within it, the, the joy it, it brings us here at IFTP every week, uh, taking classes, going to see shows, performing, joking with friends, getting up and getting to do an incredible scene, uh, playing those crazy games that Matt always comes up with. But also its ability to help people heal and to overcome and to be removed from the tougher and harsher parts of life as well. It really ties me back to one of my core tenets that I've said so often on this podcast is that improv lessons are life lessons. And you know, its impact is, is always there in ways we, we don't expect. Um, but with that said, uh, thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Improv for the Podcast. Uh, this is one that's close to home for me, and I encourage you to you know, learn more about this, this use of improv in spaces uh, other than comedy theaters, because it's a really beautiful and interesting thing. As always, we'll be back next week with another episode of Improv for the Podcast. But until then, see you next time. Improv for the Podcast was created by Matt Moore and Michael Lee Evans. Edited and produced by Michael Lee Evans. And finally, presented by Improv for the People. Interested in more IFTP? You can visit us at improvforthepeople.com or on our socials, such as Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. Remember, new episodes are released weekly. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.